your boy DM3, and you're listening to Pandemonium with Mike Lindsley on the Buffalo Bills, exclusively on the Built to Buffalo Podcast Network. Back with you here on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I'm Mike Lindsley. And hey, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, and review uh, our platform all across where you get podcasts on your smartphone device. We are putting out seven days uh, a week of Bill's content, audio, video, and a ton of articles at builtinbuffalonews.com. So we really do appreciate the support. And you can hit us all over the social platforms, including YouTube. Subscribe to that page. And of course, on Twitter as well, at Built in Buffalo. Underscore. It is absolutely amazing. Here we are, right? I mean, it, it, football's here, and so excited to uh, to break this Rams Bills game down and uh, preview form and, and, and kind of see where the Bills might be, uh, you know, in position to win this football game. I don't think it's the end all be all to win this game. I, I would like them to see. Uh, I would like to see them win. Uh, you know, more of the AFC games because, as we know, those head to head games and the conference record when when all is said and done is way more important than beating the L.A. Rams, but they'll play nonetheless. I mean, this is a Thursday night thing. It's a kickoff of the season. The Bills are doing it, um, and it's just really, really exciting, and I am excited also to talk to my good friend, the longtime Buffalo Bills columnist, best-selling author, TV contributor, and storyteller, Scott Petoniak from the Rochester Business Journal at rbj.net. You can get Scott's work. He just wrote a great piece on the soaring Bills expectations, which conjure up those Super Bowl memories of the 1990s. You can get Scott on Twitter, at Scott Petoniak. My friend, Scott, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And it's not only here, but there's a lot of reason for uh, tremendous optimism in western New York. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's start with with that right there. Why are you so optimistic about this team? You know, if you had to pick something that that allows you to say, okay, hype and expectations, yeah, welcome them. Why not? Here, here's my reason why I say bring it on. Uh, number 17, Josh Allen. Mike, as long as he's upright and on that field, this, this team will always be in contention. You know, they really will. I mean, he can... He can mask and, and, and cover, you know, so many ills. Uh, he can overcome. He can lift everybody else up. He is a tremendous, tremendous quarterback and a tremendous leader. And, in fact, you know, the, the, I've, been, I've been following football for probably 60 years and been writing about it for almost 50. And I'll tell you what, like, I have never, I've never seen um, a, a, a quarterback who – is the total package like this guy is. I mean, when you take everything into account, like his size, you know, his running ability, his arm is as good as anybody's in the NFL. He's now developed touch to go along with the, the power of that arm. Um, he's gotten so much better at reading defenses. Yeah, that's something that he's going to have to continue to get better at. Um, and, and, and his toughness, I mean, it's all there. In, in just this, you know, I, I've never seen anything like it. It's like, you know, someone described him as kind of like a, a larger version of John Elway, um, you know, and, and it might be accurate, except that I don't, I don't recall Elway bullying his way over guys or leaping over guys. I mean, he did the helicopter in the Super Bowl, but uh, you know, so, so that's, that's my reason right there is that, yeah, there could, there, there's, there could be certainly bumps along the way here. Um, it's a 17-game season. 
you know, injuries. Uh, it's an oblong football. It can take strange bounces. Uh, you may not show up for a game. Hopefully they learned that lesson from last year. But it's all there because of, of number 17. He's the, he's the reason for, you know, such tremendous optimism and why I firmly believe they can win it all. So one of the things I find most fascinating on the defensive side of the ball, Scott, is, is as you know, in past recent years, the strength has been the secondary. And it's been led with, you know, by Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. And then, you know, Trey White comes into the fold, of course, and, and now he's hurt uh, for a little while longer. He's on the pup list. He'll miss the first four games. But the Bills, I think, have a little bit of a weakness at corner because of Trey. I think that they can mask some of the deficiency with the safeties. And I think that the rookies, Benford and Elam, they, they, they may produce, but we don't know. I mean, they're, you know, it's, they haven't taken a snap in the NFL yet. And, and then, you know, we, we have another situation where Dane Jackson's kind of ridden a roller coaster in Buffalo. So the Bills in the offseason probably looked at this, right? And they said, okay, we're going to hide those you know, weaknesses out there with upfront help. So they go get Von Miller. But there's three guys, and I think Russo is going to have a big year, but Russo and Miller are the bookend DNs. The other guys, Basham and Epinesa, you know, that, that group that includes those two guys – where do you land on if you had to pick one guy that the Bills need really bad to to, to make a, a, another leap? And I guess Rousseau would be the third technically. Um, what guy would you pick to to that that the Bills really need to you know take that huge step and make a big difference, which will then in turn help even more that secondary until Trey White gets back. Well, I think you hit it. Rousseau to me is kind of a freakish athlete. He's so long. Um, and you know, and we saw some glimpses here and there. I just don't think, you know, he was, a he's a guy who remember comes out and he had sat out his senior year. Mm -hmm. Um, so I can see a huge jump by this, this, this kid is just, uh, again, um, he, he has just, he has a, a unique size about him and, and unique length with his arms and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to him. And I also think, you know, the other factor here, when you bring in a, a Von Miller, who, Obviously, as you know, as Brandon Bean has said, he's got to be our closer, meaning he's got to make those big plays in big games, in you know, in big situations to, toward the end to close out victories, to lead to victories, and so forth. But I think the other thing about him that's great is the intangibles from everything you know that you, you read and hear and talk to, to other people about is that he has he's a great mentor. And he's a professional and he, the way he goes about his business, he has that camp, you know, that he holds mm -hmm. that, you know, other guys in the NFL, particularly young edge rushers come to. Um, so I think that, I think he's going to have a tremendous impact on these guys. And like you say, I mean, let's not forget, you know, a guy who's more inside like Oliver, um, but he really started coming on and, you know, and he's in his fourth year Epinesa's in his third year. And, and Basham and, and Rousseau are in their second year. So I just think that, you know, you, you invested so much. You invested high draft picks in all four of those guys. You went high. Um, and I think, you know, now I think it's time for, for them to pay off. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm comfortable because I think the pass rush is going to be improved. And I think we're going to see it right off the bat here. This is a good matchup for them against a Rams team that's reshuffling that offensive line. 
And I think they're going to really get at Stafford. I really do. I, I think it's a good matchup for the Bills. And, you know, and as you mentioned, um, they're going to protect those corners you know, with their two deep guys. They play too deep mostly anyway. They're good. They know that. You know, we know it. Certainly Leslie Frazier knows it, that he's got to protect those guys in, in, in some respects. And, and he's going to do that. Um, and, and it's kind of how the Bills play defense anyway. You know, they play that too deep and kind of kind of force you to, you know, play that methodical game and we'll give you a little bit here and there. Uh, I think I think I think, you know, it's it's not, it's not going to be an easy matchup, especially when you go against a guy like Cooper Cup. But, you know, um, I, I like I, I like, uh, you know, the way they're going to start off for this this team. I really do. So one thing you know, in, in the Rams game that is going to be really interesting to look at, and, and, and I'll get your full breakdown of that game here in a second, but I'm wondering what the Ken Dorsey, you know, the early look of the Ken Dorsey offense is going to look like from the standpoint of the ground game. I think the passing game is kind of going to take care of itself, and that's no disrespect to Dorsey or Dable, Reverend, because it starts with number 17, and you have all the other receivers and weapons and whatnot. I mean, they've got a million guys who are going to be able to you know, touch the football. And Dorsey, sure, a lot of the play calling and, and the chemistry will have to work between him and Allen, like it did with Dable and Allen, but I'm very confident that it will. I'm more intrigued by the James Cook, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss trio, the running game. How much are they going to implement that? Is there going to be more zone blocking? Um, you know, who gets more carries? Is James Cook that breakaway guy to the end zone that they haven't had in a few years, right? We talk about the Bills not having the pass rush the last couple of years. Well, the other weakness of the Bills has been that they don't have a Tyree Kill track guy, you know, to get down to the end zone. You catch it and go, catch it in a burn guy. Where do you sit on the ground game? How much will it be used? Guys getting the most touches? Is James Cook that firecracker type of player? What about the ground game? How do you size it up? Well, um, I, I think that, you know, when you go back to last year, if you remember, there was, there was a small little rift. It, it didn't, you know, it didn't become a fissure that destroyed the team or anything, but, you know, Sean McDermott has his ideas of how he's going to play. And I think he's an old school coach more in terms of the ground game. That doesn't mean that, you know, Josh isn't going to throw the ball 500 times because he is, he'd be an absolute idiot not to do that. You know, it would be like John Roush did with OJ Simpson spreading him out. He's going to be a decoy. Yeah, that's a smart plan. So, but I, I do think, you know, I do think McDermott want, wanted to run the ball more than, and, and I think that Dable was maybe a little bit too in love with, with the pass and so forth. So I, I think, I, and, and I'm, I'm not ready to give up on Singletary. I mean, you know, he, he did have, you know, he did show some flashes there. He had more than 800 yards rushing, and he, he really did come on toward the end of the season and played fairly well in the postseason. But, um, yeah, I am intrigued to see Cook. And, and, you know, we talk about the ground game, but we're also talking about long handoffs, right, essentially? Yeah. We're trying to, like, you know, throw the ball in the backfield and, and do the Tyree kill thing, and maybe Cook is that guy. Um, you know, Moss is Moss is going to be a, a scratch, a healthy scratch. I think uh, a lot of times uh, early on here. Um, you know, I think it's I think it's going to be up to Singletary and Cook. The most important thing, Mike, though, with this whole thing is like, um, and we've everybody's talked about it from Jim Kelly, you know, to to the guy in the street that I don't want to see Josh run as much, and even Josh, um, you know. 
early in camp, he was saying some things like, you know, I have to be smarter. I have to be more judicious. Again, he is a dual threat quarterback. You are not going to remove this, nor, you know, should you. He, you know, he's your, still your best, you know, red zone runner, um, especially goal line runner. He's still your best threat there, right? So you don't want to take that out of the playbook. But you got to keep this guy healthy. And it was, I thought it was very revealing at, at the end of that, game, that Kansas City game. In the weeks that followed, um, Josh talked about, like, I needed to get my body healthy again. He took a pounding. And I know he just left it all out there on the field and stuff, and that's just who he is as a competitor. But he's got to be more judicious about that. And I, and in talking to Bill Polian about it, he said, I think that's something he's learning. You know, and, and, and he's a competitor. It's a difficult balance between I'm just going to, like, give, give up my body. But it's a difficult balance between that and, you know, and being reckless. And so I think that um, – I think he's going to rely more um, – you know, I think that, that that's what they want. They're going to rely more on Singletary and Cook, and um, you know, and I don't I don't know who's going to emerge from that. I I wouldn't give up totally yet on Singletary, but Singletary's in that last year of that contract, right? We know that. Yep. Run, running backs are, are devalued. We we know that. So. It's going to be fascinating. I can't wait. Scott Petoniak, our guest here on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. I'm Mike Lindsley. As we get ready for Bills and Rams this Thursday night. Out on the West Coast, Von Miller playing his old mates. The Rams will be raising the Super Bowl banner. A lot of lot of things to, to talk about, and the storylines are galore. And you can get Scott on Twitter, at Scott Petoniak and rbj.net, the longtime Buffalo Bills insider and uh, author and reporter, and uh, now with the Rochester Business oh. Journal doing some great things uh, on the Bills. And especially, too, last uh, column you wrote, uh, Scott, I read it this morning. It was awesome, as it always is. You had the soaring Bills expectations, conjuring up those memories of the Super Bowl years uh, of the 1990s. You got to talk to Spider-Man there, right, as well. And uh, you had, you alluded to Polian there and, and uh, just a lot of great uh, quotes from those guys uh, from the 90s. And it, it is amazing how, how big the Bills are, right? I mean, when you when you started probably connecting those, those times, the 90s to now, it, it's amazing how big the Bills are right now. They they might be as big as the, the 90s group just because of the world we're in, all the media, social media, et cetera. You know, connect the dots there between then and now and, and, and Daryl Taley's comments. Yeah, I think, I think you know, we, we can't deny the, you know, the similarities, the comparisons. You know, you got, you got, you've got the, you know, the super-duper, Hall of Fame potential quarterback here, right? So you got you got similarities in quarterbacks. Um, you know, you've got similarities in coaches, um, although I think that'll be another thing it'll be interesting to see. I think one of the big storylines of this year, and we may not see it until we get down to the playoffs again, is Sean McDermott. You know, can he win the big games to get to the big game? And so far, he hasn't been able to, so we're, so we're going to monitor that. You know, you've got, um, you know, you don't have a Thurman Thomas on this team, but you got other great weapons, you know, great receiving core. You got, a, uh, you know, I would say that team had, the, you know, the better offensive line. Uh, you don't have Kent Hall on this team and, and some of the other guys or whatever. But defensively, this team might be better than those Super Bowl teams. We'll see. Those teams also had some issues, uh, you know, stopping the run, um, you know, like uh, particularly in Super Bowl 25 or whatever. But I just think... 
it's the same thing. You know, you're coming off heartbreak. Yeah. Uh, you're coming off 13 seconds. Back then, you were coming off wide right, but you're everybody's darling right now. From you know, from the Vegas odds makers to the football pundits, they're all in now. I know many people had you know predicted they're winning the Super Bowl last year, but now, I mean, it's it's near consensus. I mean, there you know, there's there's some outliers here and there, and it's all laid out for you. And I think the big thing, Mike, you know, I mentioned about injuries. The other big thing, other crucial thing for this football team is home field advantage right. throughout the playoffs. That's right. They came within 13 seconds of having that last year against, you know, they would have played the Bengals in Orchard Park. They blew it. Um, you know, and we, 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 we've, you know, it's been well documented, the Jacksonville game. Even the opener last year was such a downer. Like, there was just no life or energy to lose to a pop-gun quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger had become. You know, yeah, you know, you know the Steelers had some, some really good, you know, defensive players. I, I, I know that. But, you know, so nobody needs to tell this team that. Like, you know, look, look at, you know, the game you lost in September or a game you lost in October or November or whatever, and look at the impact. Any one of those games, and you're sitting pretty. And you're probably not only you're going to win at home, uh, but you're you know you're going to you're going to probably win it all, um, you know. So they know all that, you know. I mean, they know, and you got to show up. And and it is cliche, but you know, on any given you know Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever, or Saturday, um, you know, they saw that. So. I, I think I think you know those lessons have been learned. That turbulence they've they've you know come through, and it's all there for them. And you know I, I've heard from so many friends who are just longtime diehards, and there is that you know element of upstate New York sports fans. You know we've seen it in Syracuse, and you know you see it in Buffalo, and you see it in Rochester and stuff about um, fear the worst, know, fearing the fear the worst. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. Fear the worst. Like, you know, when is that shoe dropping, buddy? Yep. When's it going to hit me right on the head, you know, kick me right in the head again? When is the, when's the sky falling? You know, when are you going to, when are you going to pull the rug out from underneath me? And, you know, just when I'm ready, you know, so I, I understand that. And, it, and I know that this is a Super Bowl or bus season, you know, I mean, you know, they got to They got to at least get there. And if they don't, it's going to be considered a disappointing season and so forth. But one thing I would just advise fans is like, um, you know, I know this doesn't, you aren't going to be satisfied until this plays out in, in January and stuff and, and, Feb, and beginning of February, hopefully. Um, but enjoy this. This is, this is like, I mean, Josh Allen, what a pleasure to watch this guy play. I mean, in, and, and, what he did last postseason, he was near perfect, near perfect. You know, no quarterbacks ever played better. It wasn't his fault that they lost, you know. And um, so enjoy this. There's like this is this is going to be just like you know those no huddle years and so forth. Like you know, like dynamic offense and three wideouts when the you know those Bills were ahead ahead of their time. And this this is the next generation. It only took a quarter century, right. To get here or three decades, um, to get back here. But, um, I just hope that people enjoy it. Like enjoy every game, you know, starting, starting with that, that opener in LA, because this is a special team. It really is. 
And Josh Allen is a special generational type player. There's no question about it. All right. The final thing I have for you then is let's get right to it. How do you think this Bills Rams game plays out? Now I, I know that the fan part of it, oh, they're kicking off the season. They got to win the first game. They got to, I mean, not really because it's more important to win the AFC games, which are coming up. I mean, they've got some big ones that at the end will go a long way if they win them, as you know, with a tie break and the AFC record and all that sort of thing. However, Thursday's Thursday, right? So how do we how do we see this playing out from Scott Petoniak's seat? I, I like those chances a lot. I think that um, I think just as Daryl Talley was telling me in the column I just wrote, you know, about how ticked off he was after you know losing in Super Bowl twenty five and wide right and stuff, and he carried that anger all the way through you know the uh, off season into the regular season, and so did his teammates. Like they realized what they had squandered. And, you know, and, you know, so they, they turn that anger into a positive. And I see these bills doing the same thing. They're very committed. I'm not saying this is going to be a cakewalk or anything. I mean, Aaron Donald, as long as he's on the other side, like you can make the same argument that we make with Josh Allen on the offensive side, right? That guy's a game changer. He's a, it's a wrecker. Um, And he, he showed that, you know, two years ago when these two teams met in a very entertaining game at the, Bills won toward the end. I think it was by a you know 35, 32 or whatever. But he had something like two sacks and six six uh, tackles, and I think he hit Josh like three times. And Josh said, "I mean, I I've never heard him praise a guy more than he praised Aaron Donald. Like you know, this guy's a, mm-hmm. a living, breathing Hall of Famer here, and maybe a Mount Rushmore guy. Um, but I, again, I like the matchup of the Bills defense against." You know, Matthew Stafford in that inexperienced offensive line. You know, that they're reshuffling that line, and we all know that nobody plays their starters during the preseason and stuff. And it's really tough when you're trying to break in a new offensive line. So they're going to have glitches there that I think the Bills are going to be able to exploit. You know, Von Miller, he's, he's, I think he's going to be a little jacked being back there, and he's probably, what, are they going to give him the Super Bowl ring then or whatever? I, I don't know. Um, you know, but he's going to be jacked. And uh, so I like that match up a lot i think they're going to put stafford down i think they're going to pressure him and i think that's going to you know they're going to get some turnovers as a result of that and i just think that you know i think josh is a man on a mission and uh that i think that offense is going to be humming and i i see the bills winning this game i really do i I, and if they don't as you said mike it's not the end of the world you know and this team could be you know, you got to you got to play Baltimore in Week Four. Oh, Tennessee Week Miami. Two. I mean, um, like, yeah. You know, so so you you like muddling along there. It's not panic time. Right. It's really not because because they you know this is this is a very very good football team. The only thing that would cause me to panic is if seventeen gets hurt. I mean, the a- after the Rams game, it's AFC Titans, AFC Dolphins, AFC Ravens, AFC Steelers, AFC Chiefs. You know, I mean, it's so. Those are obviously the big, bigger games, but uh, the spectacle is, is there for week one with all the storylines that we've talked about, and nobody better to break it down than my good friend Scott Petoniak, the longtime Buffalo Bills insider, reporter, best-selling author on Twitter, at Scott Petoniak, and go read his work right now at rbj.net, the fantastic columnist for the Rochester Business Journal. Thank you, Scott. You're the best, man. Hey, thanks, man. It's always fun. 